0: Good morning and welcome to The Primary View from Reorg, which features incisive interviews and insight on issues affecting and impacting distressed debt, leveraged finance, direct lending, high yield, municipals, covenants, private credit, private equity, middle market, and private debt. I'm Ellen Schneider and in this week's episode of The Primary View John Hennis, co-founder and chief executive officer of C Street Advisory Group, um, is with us today. John was a bankruptcy and restructuring lawyer for 25 years, and C Street is a strategy and communications firm. John, thanks for being with us.
1: Thank you so much for having
0: me. Awesome. So as of late, you know, obviously FTX has been dominating the news and everyone's been keeping a really close eye on what's likely to happen next in the world of crypto. So On that note, I was hoping to discuss um, how these companies have been sort of intimately and ultimately sort of detrimentally intertwined with one another. So do you see more stressed opportunities in crypto beyond exposure to FTX or other ongoing bankruptcies?
1: Yeah, I think we'll definitely see more stress um, in in the crypto world. Um, You know, I think when you think about crypto, uh, there's a few things to think about. One is, you know, it, it's new, right? Um, meaning, you know, crypto kind of came up, you know, it had, wasn't that long ago. Uh, people got really excited about it, or some people got really excited about it. Uh, and it was it's basically a whole new industry that got created, right? So you have the cryptocurrencies themselves, and people look at that, um, and people like the decentralization of it. Um, but what is really a cryptocurrency and what's the real value of a cryptocurrency? And at the end of the day, really, the cryptocurrency, it's really scarcity and it's trust. Um, so you have those two things. But now that you have crypto, right, well, to make crypto, what do you need to do? Right? So you have mining companies. So mining companies are using all this computing power to do these mathematical calculations, to create unique cryptocurrencies. Um, and then you're not going to, most people aren't going to hold cryptocurrencies themselves. So you need some place to either deposit it, some sort of an exchange. People want to trade it. So you're going to trade it. So you have all these different companies that are popping up. You had all these different crypto com- um, currencies popping up. And when things happen like that, it's almost like the dot-com boom, right? People get really excited and, and about it. Um, but then when that trust goes away, and, and now what we have with social media, and we saw with Twitter and Reddit how much trust and how much um, whether it's rumors or reality can cause the, the price of crypto to be so volatile. And when people get scared, they have a run on the bank. So as I kind of look at this as it plays out and it becomes a mo- more mature industry, mm-hmm. um, we're gonna see more stress. Um, I don't think the, the, what we saw with FTX, right, looks like it was just a pure and utter you know fraud from almost day one. Um, and I think a lot of these other companies, they're definitely not that, um, right. but they impacted by the, you know, well, what does it mean if you have your assets tied up with FTX, right? If I have crypto and it's on your exchange and you're tied up with FTX, do I want to get my crypto back? And if I start pulling my crypto back, what happens? So as we're looking through all of those different things, and I'm being quick because I know we don't have so much time, um, <laughs> I think we will definitely see more stress in the crypto world, Um And, uh, you know, and and that's going to be I think that means there could be an opportunity for some companies, maybe even some companies that are in Chapter 11 today that could emerge stronger um, as they see the mistakes of the past and understand where they should go in the future. I think other companies, you know, we're going to see issues with. We may see some more frauds. um, You know, so I think there's a lot out there left to be seen.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, speaking of. You know, mistakes that have been made. I'm curious what you think, um, why you think these companies decided to lend to one another rather than securing maybe traditional avenues of financing.
1: Well, I'm not sure it was a total choice. You know, I think that there's a few things, right? When you think about traditional lines of financing, right, especially, um, you know, loans, whether they're secured or unsecured, right? So, secured loans being making a loan and I'm actually securing that against an asset or an unsecured loan where it's not secured against an asset, but I can look at a company and how the company operates and what the value I believe the value of that company is compared to where I'm putting the loan in and my chances of getting that repaid. Um, and as a result of that, can structure the loan in a certain way. I think it was it's it's hard to do that crypto right because. As you're looking at crypto, if you're a traditional lender, for instance, you sit there and you say, okay, well, what's the value of this company? And if the company's value is based on the value of the crypto, well, what's that crypto's value? Because the crypto doesn't have any asset underlying it. It doesn't have operations underlying it. So so that makes it a very hard asset to loan against, right? Or to make a traditional Mm -hmm. investment against it. Um, and then second, you just have the, the crypto world, right, of decentralization and not wanting to be part of the traditional world. Um, and so, you know, as as these companies were loaning to each other, I mean, you look at FTX specifically, right, FTX going in and, and making loans to companies or investments to companies, but then there was nothing behind FTX to support any of that. So it just dragged other companies down. Right. So I think that, I think some of the the going, the back and forth, was either necessity or in an FTX case, just a fraud. Um, but I think it's hard to find traditional financing until you have uh, a system in place that that's secure, right? That people feel okay about, that people know how to value and know that it's not just going to be a bunch of noise in Twitter land that could take a company down, but that there's real, there's something real behind the companies that they're loaning to or making an investment to.
0: Absolutely, that makes sense. And so this might not be a great question because as you said, some of that lending to one another may have been necessary, but you know, do you think it would be possible that some of these bankruptcy filings that we've seen lately could have been maybe staved off if um, there was an effort to secure traditional avenues of financing rather than relying on one another?
1: So I'll answer it this way. I think that if you had a company that um, was a solid company, Let, let's take an exchange. Let's, let's say you had a company where you, you could deposit your crypto and you knew that your crypto was going to be on that platform, wasn't going to leave that platform. Mm-hmm. You, you had a lot of security, that you know, a lot of faith and trust that if you wanted to get your crypto back, it would be there. And now I'm a traditional investor, lender. And I look at that company and say, okay, based on everything that that company's doing, I have real faith that it's it's working well. They're not going to have a run on the bank. The company's not just going to turn into you know nothing and value being destroyed overnight. Maybe I would invest in that company, and if I did, would that stave off a uh, bankruptcy? It could, right? I mean, obviously, a lot of a lot of companies that have traditional lending in place end up going into bankruptcy anyway, right. um, <laughs> but. But they're but traditional lenders are going to do different types of diligence than, you know, they're going to do a lot of diligence to check the company and make sure that the company is is sound, at least when they've made the investment, they'll believe it's sound. Mm-hmm. Um, so could that stave off some bankruptcies? It could. And and if crypto remains a real big business over the long term, and if it gets and I'm sure we'll talk about this a little bit, but if it gets regulated and people start to have trust in it, you know, I would think then you would at some point find traditional lenders that will step in.
0: Absolutely. So, I mean, thinking about that, uh, as this industry matures down the line, and maybe has some of that traditional backing, um, does that mean crypto is no longer decentralized?
1: Well, it depends on how you define decentralized, right? So if it's decentralized, that it's not backed by, you know, a foreign government um, and, you know, the the, the knowing that, that then it could be stay decentralized because it's never going to be backed by a foreign government. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the whole, you know, one of the whole thing, purposes of, of crypto. Um, if you mean decentralized, that it's somehow going to be outside of the everyday, you know, traditional or normal world, right. I don't that there's no way that's going to happen. Um, it is going to get subsumed. But I think that's an important, I, I think an interesting thing, you know, when I, um, when I was uh, a young lawyer, I left to uh, start a, uh, um, a firm during the dot-com boom. And mine was more of an advisory and software firm. Um, and I, there was Ace Greenberg, if you remember that name, he ran Bear Stearns. His um, wife was uh, on the board of my law school, and when I was young, I met her because I did a presentation for the board, and she really just was incredibly generous with her time and advice and her network with me. And and when I was leaving to start my business, she sat me down with Ace and said, you should talk to Ace. And I said to him, you know, I'm so excited about this opportunity. I'm going to start this company, and we live in this new economy. And he stopped me, and he said, what do you mean new economy I said, the new economy, the internet and all that. And he said, he said, John, there's no such thing as a new economy. The economy is always the same. He said, what you're telling me is that you think the the internet is a new way to sell a product. Okay. So if I want to buy a book, I can go to a bookstore or I can buy it on the internet. All you're telling me is it's two different ways to go buy something. That's not a new economy, right? You still need to have that book, right? And the book is what you're buying, right? And now maybe there's a better means of selling it. That I'll admit, but it's still the book. And when I think about crypto, like we we still live in a world. We live in a world where people want to know that what they're buying has something behind it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so with with currency, what is it now? Well, currency outside of cryptocurrency, you know, you buy, you have a dollar. It's backed by the U.S. government. You can take that dollar, right? Well, maybe you have five dollars. You can go buy a, a Starbucks coffee, and you get something that is worth that to you. So crypto at some point is going to have to um, have that is going to have to be part of the regular economy, I think, for it to have real, true, long lasting value.
0: Absolutely. And, you know, part of bringing that into the space is regulation and enforcement, right? Which we've had a lot of talk about recently as well. I mean, what do you think regulation in this space looks like?
1: Well, I think so. So there's a few things um, when I think about this. You know, one is there's there there's going to be regulation on the exchanges. Right. You, You need to have that. And you do have that already in the U.S. to a certain extent. Right. The FTX, you know, U.S. exchange didn't go into bankruptcy because there is regulation around that. Um, but you're going to have to have it around the exchanges, and you're going to have to have real, you know, information that these exchanges are providing. Make sure that they're safe, because as we saw with FTX and a lot of the other um, crypto companies that have either gone out of business or filed for bankruptcy, you have a lot of these retail investors, a lot of these individuals that are putting their money in and then losing their money. Um, which you know the government is going to want to protect them, right? That's what governments do. Um, So I think we'll have it around that. I think also, you know, there's going to have to be regulation just around kind of the currencies themselves, making sure that they, you know, that they are safe. And so I I kind of look at it, you know, as we'll probably have some sort of, you know, um, we're going to have to have some sort of unified, Regulation around it, where there's real information being provided to the government and for everyone to see with transparency, making sure there's reserves, making sure people are protected. Um, I do think, though, one thing that we probably won't see, um, and maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think we'll see any kind of like FDIC insurance um, mm. because it's, it's this is decentralized currencies, not backed by the government. Um, I don't see the government stepping in to protect people for that. Um, I see it much more as kind of securities regulation and currency regulation.
0: Absolutely. And that makes sense. And, you know, in that same vein of preserving the decentralization of cryptocurrency, um, you know, some people have pushed back against regulation altogether, stating that crypto would no longer be decentralized if it were properly regulated. So, I mean, how do we grapple with this dichotomy, you know, this need for regulation to protect consumers and... Those same consumers, some of them resisting that regulation, you know, in the interest of remaining decentral.
1: Yeah, again, the whole. Uh, I'm maybe this is just me getting older, right? I bet you when I started my uh, my my business during the dot com boom, I probably wouldn't have thought like this, but um, maybe after just <laughs> working and 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 seeing so many industries and and companies um, have issues the whole decentralization thing to me is i think there's i think there is there are people who really believe that i think at the end of the day people want to make money um people want to be able to you know afford the things they want to afford they want to be able to take care of their kids and put food on the table and i think that that if what decentralization means is what we've been seeing that can't last right it can't last because the people who are going to start the companies are going to realize that the only way for them to make money which is why they're going into these businesses is to follow rules that are going to be made now they can be part of that right so you know these the, the big crypto companies can get together with the government to help formulate the right regulations that work for the crypto industry and protect you know the the everyday person who's who's investing in crypto or investing in these companies um but at the end of the day they, that's why the whole, to me, the whole decentralization is seems to me more of a, a theory than a reality. Mm. Um, and maybe I'm wrong, and maybe it's just because I, I've gotten older.
0: Interesting. Okay. Um, I mean, it also seems there's the potential for this to sort of be a turnoff to certain investors, but I mean, could it also be a boon for the sector, do you think, just because people might feel, like you said, a little bit safer in investing in this area?
1: Yeah, I, I I think that I think that overregulation is is not good. I think though we do need to have rules, um, and we need people to follow those rules. And um, I think that if there are rules that 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 make people more comfortable, investors, you know, owners of crypto, then it will be good for the industry. I think that if we don't have those rules. Um, you know what we'll see we'll see more ftx's although i'm not sure rules would have stopped sbf from <laughs> doing. It. seems like he did um but i do think that other companies you know if if we had rules probably wouldn't be in the situation they're in today um they probably wouldn't be able to uh, grow as fast at least ephemerally um mm. right i remember i mean I'm sorry to give another story but when i started my company one of the things I'll remember is uh, one of my board members was a very, very senior lawyer at a very large firm, name partner. And he, again, it was somebody else who I felt very fortunate to know, kind of took me under his wing. And I was just about to, I had just raised my money. I was just about to launch the company. And I said to him, so how long do you think before we go public? And he said, I don't know, 12 to 18 months. Okay. Now I think back to that now, like 30, whatever years ago, I mean, the, I didn't even have a not only did I have a company, It wasn't even that great of an idea. it was right. And like it definitely wasn't a company that should have gone public. Maybe it could have made some money, but but he was thinking that too, right? And it was because we were in the moment, right? Once the moment ended, which by the way, when I raised my money, I, I closed my financing two days after the NASDAQ crashed. so it was like could have not have been the worst timing, although a great experience. Um, but it wasn't until we look back to be like, wow, we were crazy, right? Like we thought like this whole world was different and it's not. And I think that's where we are today. We're not in a different world, right? We are in the same world that the economy and finance has the underpinnings that matter. And some of that is regulation. And some of that is that companies have real operations and that there's real value to whatever a company is, you know, selling. Um, so those things don't go away. And, but, you know, every once in a while, we hit kind of a period of time where we think it does. Um, And I think that happened here, happened here. And I think we'll see, we'll see a change. And some of these companies will um, come out stronger and some will go away forever.
0: Absolutely. That's a great point. Um, Well, that's pretty much all I had for you. Is there anything else about this that you wanted to add?
1: Uh, No, I mean, there's so, there's, there's so much more but it's um, so much more to come. Uh, but I think that, um, now I think this was great and I really appreciate you having me on and, uh, and I love all that you and Reorg do.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. And thank you again for joining us, John. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening to today's Reorg Primary View.